Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. WPHT, Philadelphia, from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. How do you protect free speech online? Joe Biden gets softball interviews from Seth Meyers and um, Fonnie Willis and Nathan Wade. When, just when did it begin? Plus, police arrested a 10-year-old kid for taking a whiz in the parking lot with his mother there. Was that the right move? Welcome back. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 is the number on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Let's begin, though, in New Jersey with uh, His Royal Highness, King Philip the Unaccountable. He is going to propose to bring back the highest business tax in the country. That's right. This imbecile who thinks that you are just a filthy peasant, uh, typical, uh, classical, absolute Marxist. The highest business tax in New Jersey could be reinstated. Murphy let the 11.5% tax expire at the end of last year. He's going to propose bringing it back for corporations with profits of more than $10 million. So if you work for one of these corporations in New Jersey, um, be prepared to move because they might be moving out of New Jersey, considering that they have plenty of states around the country who would love to have them move to their state and give them years and years of uh, no taxes whatsoever just to get them there and their people there because they understand that bringing people there means people will spend money and um, they can do really, really well. North Carolina is a great example of that. They've done a fantastic job of recruiting businesses away from states like New Jersey. But Murphy is going to propose reversing course and again implementing a corporate business tax of 11.5%, the nation's highest rate for the state's most profitable companies. Isn't that amazing how these Democrats think, right? The key difference, of course, is the uh, the eleven point five percent rate would only apply to companies with profits profits in excess of ten million dollars a year. Only ten million dollars a year. That's it. Ten million a year. <clears throat> That's a lot of businesses. That's a lot of businesses in the state of New Jersey. And I think a lot of those businesses are going to say, "See ya." Our people are already paying the highest property taxes in the country. We're talking about. 600 and 700 companies. And that's a lot. That's a lot of companies that be affected by this. And why would they deal with that? Why would they want to do that? This is something that Democrats can never understand. People don't have to stay and pay these taxes. They can leave. They can leave. They can go someplace else. Believe it or not, there's nothing that obligates them to stay and pay. I mean, you'd think they'd learn. New Jersey had the highest number of people renting U-Hauls to leave and move to places like Texas. That is the big story of the day today brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile.
And look, I love New Jersey. The Jersey Shore in particular. I love uh, a lot about it, but I'm sick of the taxes, like a lot of people are. And what I don't understand is why the left cannot understand, cannot figure out that it means that people are going to leave. I, I, I understand why they want to do it. I get that because they're Marxists and they think that anybody who makes money is evil. And they just look at it as more ways that they can take that money from people who work really, really hard and spread it around and redistribute it. But what I don't understand, what I can't figure out is when they're going to learn the lesson that people are leaving states like California and New Jersey and New York to go to states like Florida and Texas and North Carolina and others. Like at what point are they going to catch on to this? At what, at what point are they going to wake up to that fact? But let them keep going with it, honestly, because you know what? I mean, the blue, the blue states are just going to get bluer. The red states are going to get redder. Because there's only so much that people can put up with. Really, business owners who make $10 million in profits, in profits now. And that sounds like a lot. But that means that they've got the means to be able to leave. That means that they've got the means to be able to take their business with them and go someplace else. And they don't have to stay. And they don't have to put up with it. Just like when you go after millionaires, you know, the whole millionaire tax and all the other nonsense that they do. People that have the money turn around and say, I got money. I'll just move. I'll work someplace else. I'll just relocate. I don't have to put up with this. This is really when you think about the economics of things. When you think about the clear difference today, we know the difference with the border. We know the difference with in terms of all the other crazy things the Democrats do. But what they inevitably keep coming back to is trying to steal your money. That is really the defining thing about Democrats right now. That is still so consistent. They are always trying to steal more of your money. You go out there and you work hard. You're a business. You work hard. You've taken the slings and arrows, whatever suffering along the way to get your business to be profitable. You suffered during COVID. You suffered during lockdowns. You suffered when you had competitors. You, all the things you had to do. You make it. You start making money. And the government turns around and says, now we get more of that. We didn't do a damn thing. You did it all on your own. But we now get to take more of that money and then give it to people who don't do anything to contribute to society. Really, I mean, a lot of the people that they're talking about giving this money to do nothing to contribute to society. They don't make any money for society. They don't turn around and turn a profit. They don't hire people. They don't deal with the slings and arrows that come with starting a business. Nothing. And the government just steals. They literally steal your money. And they're proud of the fact. Democrats, law, they, 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 they're always trying to one-up each other, too. And for a guy like Murphy, who wants to be president, he's going to run against Gavin Newsom one day, already has some of the highest business taxes in the entire country. Murphy wants to be able to go out there in New Hampshire and say, hey, 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 New Hampshire, I, I, I raised our business taxes even more than he did. Because that's what gives them the street cred with the left. You go after um, people's money. You kill whales and dolphins by putting up these useless wind turbines. You take away people's gas cars. You take away people's gas stoves. You do these things, and you are a hero to the left. You take away their freedom during pandemics. You take the kids out of schools. You're a hero. I mean, it's it's nuts. It really is crazy. But um, I'll give you an example. Here's a real estate investor. This is um, Grant Cardone. He has been saying right now and saying people need to leave places like New York and other places for a while now. Texas and Florida come up. But in addition to what New York is doing in terms of bleeding people dry and the crime and everything else, there's also the attack on Donald Trump. So he's saying, you know, put all these things together and get out. Nationwide real estate investors like Cardone Capital's Grant Cardone have started telling their teams to pack their bags and leave New York after the verdict in former President Donald Trump's fraud trial. The business leader gained recent recognition after he posted on X that his firm would immediately discontinue all underwriting in New York City real estate to focus on other markets like Texas and Florida. He further claimed New York has risks that outweigh the opportunities in terms of property value. And the state has shown its politicization when it comes to doing business. 
Cut number 10. Now, Grant, what is it about this particular judge's ruling that has you worried uh, as a real estate investor going forward, the peril you could wind up in? Yeah. So on every loan application or every transaction, I'm going to go to a bank and say, hey, I want to put a loan on this. Uh, You know, what are the loan proceeds going to be? Those loan proceeds are based on the value of the property. They're going to require me to actually underwrite my property on the cash flow, uh, the income of the property, and what valuation I believe that property is worth. The broker will also put a valuation on it, probably a third party, uh, one of my third parties to check my own underwriting for me internally for my investors. And then the bank is also, Steve, going to use at least one other appraisal, maybe two, uh, are independent of me. They're going to go out and hire those people and pay those people. They'll charge me back for it later. So there could be as many as five appraisals on that. The value that I'm going to put on the property, keep in mind, when I'm buying something, I'm not thinking about selling it the next day. In in the case of Trump, he's not selling any of his stuff. In the case of Cardone Capital, we we are long-term holders, 10, 15, and 20 years. We want the property for the cash flow. So I'm going to put a value on it in the future. And uh, look, I remember doing a deal once where I put a value on my property that I was getting rid of. I inflated the value. A guy at the bank at Merrill Lynch heard about it and bought it for the price I had stated to the bank. So every seller is always going to to push the price value up based on the future, not based on fraud. So you're just worried that you might if you were big in New York real estate, this could come back to haunt somebody like you. Until this uh, thing is overruled, and I believe it will be, nobody, nobody in commercial real estate investing big money. We were going to take we were going to put a billion dollars in New York City this year. We were going to put a billion dollars in Chicago and maybe another billion in, in, in Los Angeles. And we won't touch any of them now. Yeah. And why would he? I mean, really, why would he? So Murphy unveils this new tax. And I think you're going to see more businesses flee the state of New Jersey. And it's a damn shame, too. But, hey, you know, let them keep doing what they're doing. Florida and Texas will be the recipients of that. North Carolina will be the recipients of that. These places will do very, very well. And at some point, maybe they'll recognize the uh, error in their ways, but maybe not. Now, speaking of the prosecutions of Donald Trump, John Yu, who's a frequent guest on the show, UC Berkeley law professor, he was on with the great one Mark Levin on... Life, Liberty, and Levin, Sunday night. By the way, Mark had asked me to fill in for him Friday, but I was at CPAC and I couldn't do the show because they shut down Radio Row Friday night. But I'm always grateful whenever Mark reaches out to me, and um, he's, uh, I, I think he's absolutely the best. But they had a great conversation about what the Department of Justice is doing going after Donald Trump. And it's exactly, you know, for everything that they're talking about, how the left is constantly bringing up Russia. Russia, 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 Russia. It's the old Soviet phrase, you know, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. That's really what we're talking about here. Cut number eight. I used to work at the Justice Department. One thing we understood is that prosecutors have enormous power in our society and we have to restrain ourselves. We have to have the utmost integrity in choosing our cases because we could destroy someone's lives even if we don't win. And I think that's what you see in case after case that you listed, Mark, that you're seeing prosecutors abuse their vast power because they're going after a man. They're not going after a crime. You know, the great attorney general, Robert Jackson, who later went on the Supreme Court, warned prosecutors throughout the country, we don't go after people. That's what happens in Soviet Russia. That's what happens in Nazi Germany. Prosecutors have to go and prosecute the crime when it's in the national interest. And so what you're seeing here is prosecutors in New York City, in New York State, in Georgia, in Washington, stitching together, as you said, unprecedented readings of the law, cases that have never been brought against anyone because they just want to bring down Donald Trump. And what I think this is a dangerous precedent because I'm sorry to say you've seen prosecutors acting badly. You've seen the hearings that have been going on in Georgia, for example, with Fannie Willis. I, I want to copyright the show title Real Prosecutors of Atlanta. I mean, I can't believe prosecutors are <laughs> acting this way. Or, or Alvin Bragg in New York City, who's up next, who might be the first prosecutor ever to bring a real courtroom case against a former president 
who is clearly making up the law. And I don't even think he's really making up the law. I think he's actually violating the Constitution because he's trying to pretend he has the right to prosecute Donald Trump for federal campaign violations when he, when the federal government investigated it and dropped it and chose not to bring any charges. This is something that the Supreme Court said is unconstitutional for state and city prosecutors to do. But they don't care. That's the thing. It's all about stopping Trump. It's just about getting Trump. And there's a reason for that, because he's going to beat Joe Biden. So there is a poll out today. Nearly 50 percent of Democrats want Joe Biden off the ballot. 50 percent. That's a lot. That's a lot of Democrats who want to boot Biden off the ticket. They know he's going to lose. And they also know that all these court cases are not going to stop Trump from winning. They know that. So New York Post has a story. Nearly half of Democrats want to boot Biden off a ticket. But you're not going to like who the leading favorite replacement is. Susie, you're not going to like this. Got to tell you, just giving you a warning. Almost half of Democrats want someone besides Joe Biden at the top of their party's ticket in 2024. And former First Lady Michelle Obama is the leading choice to replace him, according to a new poll. About 48% of Democrat voters said they approve of the party finding another candidate to replace Joe Biden before the election. That's from Rasmussen reports. You know, they're good because they know he's going to lose. The poster found little consensus among likely Democrat voters as to who should replace Biden. But Michelle Obama led the group. Along with Vice President Kamala Harris, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Sure, why not try that again? California Governor Gavin Newsom, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. None of the above, and I'm not sure. Well, Newsom definitely wants to be the uh, the call-in guy. He definitely wants to be the person, no doubt about that. 855-839-1210. You know, uh, we're going to be live at the Grand Hotel on May 3rd for our first official Zioli show on the road in Cape May. Speaking of Jersey... And it's going to be a blast. So come and join us. We're going to have windmills to battle again because, you know, the state just approved two new big projects. The Grand Hotel has a wonderful package available for you and your family right now. And, of course, they sponsor our 5 o'clock happy hour. So go see my friends at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey, and mark your calendar for Friday, May 3rd for our first official road trip to Cape May. The first of five road trips we're going to be making uh, this year to Cape May. It's going to be great. And I wish I could speak Italian because the Italians have been killing Joe Biden lately. Have you seen any of these skits? I know we don't speak Italian, but Italian TV has been mocking the hell out of Biden for being too old. Did you see the latest one? (laughs) I saw the one you sent me yesterday. It was very funny. So the one that they have has Biden walking to the podium and falling down and collapsing. And the Secret Service grab him and pick him back up. And then he stands up again and collapses again in front of the, the podium. The Italians are just mocking Joe Biden because we are, of course, the laughing stock of the world. I personally love it. I really do. And it's uh, keep keep going, guys. A scusi. And I think that's what the president. I think it's what he says as he falls down. He goes, a scusi. Eh? Eh? I don't know where the hell I am. How do you say that in Italian? Put that in the uh, Google Translate. How do you say where the hell am I in Italian? <laughs> Hold on. Did you remember that time Biden said that? Where the hell am I? How do we say that in Italian? I should really learn Italian. I mean, I am Italian, and I want to go back to Italy very, very soon. There was that time that Joe Biden said that, and I think it would sound even funnier in Italian. to be like, uh, scusi, eh? Where, uh, where am I right about now, huh? Huh? And this is it, what he said. This where the time. hell are we? Yeah. How do you say that in Italian? Where the hell are we? Let me ask. Um, <clears throat> Dove diavolo sono? Is that what it is? Say that again. Go ahead. Play it again. Dove diavolo sono? That's it. Perfect. <laughs> But you got to slow it down for Biden. Can you do that? Do you have the ability to slow it down, Henry? Yeah, hold on. All right, let's see if we can do that because I think it's um I'll, again, I'll play I'll play it in English. Where the hell are we? And see if we can get the Italian translation. Dove diavolo sono? Yeah, it's too too, yeah, I can't, too I energetic, too yeah. high energy to be Biden. Dove diavolo sono? Dove diavolo sono? Dove diavolo sono? Am I saying it right? Yes. Uh, Where the hell are we? Dove diavolo sono? Eh? Perfect. Love it. Love it. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see here. What else do we have? We got a lot. We got a lot of stuff here. And um, as usual, we have the man who should be in prison, former CIA director John Brennan. It was on MSNBC on Sunday with Michael Steele. 
As they discussed reports that a FBI former informant provided information about Hunter Biden could have been a Russian intelligence operative. Now, they what's amazing about these people is at no point do they question the government's narrative. At no point do they sit there and say, maybe the government is just arresting this guy and using this guy because they want to destroy the case against Joe Biden. Maybe he's not really a Russian informant. Maybe he actually, since for 10 years, he was a confidential news source, a confidential source for the FBI. Maybe he knows. Maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe this guy actually knows what he's talking about. And when does the government start arresting people who make allegations against the president of the United States in the middle of an impeachment trial? Why would the government do that? Well, the answer is because we live in a police state. And part of the reason why we live in a police state is because of guys like John Brennan. Former CIA director John Brennan, who don't forget, broke into a skiff, a bipartisan Senate skiff, a special classified room where they were investigating the enhanced interrogation slash torture that was going on. It was a committee chaired by Dianne Feinstein. Brennan and his CIA goons broke in and stole files and stole computers and everything else. And nothing ever happened to him. We live in a weaponized police state, something I talked about with Kat Kamek at CPAC the other day. And, we're, and I don't know, is that interview posted yet, Matt DeSantis? The interview is posted, and we're going to have a uh, fun little snippet from it that'll be going up on Twitter in like two seconds. Fantastic. I love it. By the way, on the point about social media and the government forcing both sides to be able to be expressed on these social media platforms that are privately owned. If you support that, let me ask you this question. Do you think Donald Trump on his truth social platform should be forced to have people on that site who spend all day long doing nothing but trying to destroy his presidential candidacy. Do you think the government should force those people on that platform? Like, in other words, truth social may turn around and say, look, if you are on here all day long bashing Trump, we're going to kick you off the platform, which I think is 100% their right to do so. Do you think the government, if you support the idea, this is is where I think Ron DeSantis is wrong on this point. I think Texas is wrong, too, that social media cannot in any way, shape or form. Regulate the content on their platforms in terms of editorial discretion, in terms of being able to say we don't want that on there. Do you think Trump should be forced on his truth social to have people who are on that platform all day long bashing him and bashing his candidacy? He owns it. It's his site. Because if you don't think that that's okay, then you can't support what Florida's trying to do. Because he started Truth Social as an answer to Twitter at the time, which was censoring conservative viewpoints. And I'm glad he did. And it's great. But I also don't think he should be forced to take on people who are spending all day long bashing him and trying to destroy his candidacy. Because it's his. He owns it. Be like if uh, there was a uh, Trump radio station. Should Donald Trump have to have on people on his radio station that are spending day in and day out bashing him? Now, you get into equal time laws and everything like that when it comes to um, radio and TV on the public airwaves. But let's say it wasn't. Let's say it was purely not on the public airwaves. Trump's stake in Trump Media and Technology Group, Truth Social, may be worth an estimated $4 billion, according to The New York Times. And it may be what actually saves him. There's a story today about Donald Trump and his um, media empire and how it is the media empire that might actually be the thing that saves Donald Trump because he's making a lot of money. So, again, I'm going to ask you the question. Do you think the remedy is government to come in there and say you have to have all sides of speech represented or do you think the remedy is the private sector? That's the question. Trump's media impending merger may give him a financial lifeline, according to the New York Times. It may be worth $4 billion. $4 billion. So, in my opinion, the answer is guys like Trump, guys like Elon Musk, coming out, buying these platforms, dedicating them to freedom of speech. But the minute you start saying to the government, hey, because a couple of conservatives were deplatformed, we need to make sure all viewpoints are represented. You're going to force those guys to have on their sites content they don't want. And I, for one, do not believe that the government has the right to force private entities, private sites, 
to air viewpoints that they don't want to air. And I don't think it has anything to do with the immunity aspect of that either, because, again, they're two separate issues. Do you think Donald Trump should be sued personally or held criminally liable because somebody posts something on Truth Social that turns out to say, oh, I don't know, lead to someone taking their own life because they feel bullied? Because that's what they'll do. Everyone who's out there right now suggesting that Section 230 should go away, these protections for social media companies from civil liability, for example, put it in the context of Trump and Truth Social and then think about it from that lens. Donald Trump's Truth Social account, his, that, that platform that he created for the purpose of allowing free speech, somebody goes on there and suggests, say, I don't know, let's say they air a clip of the Virginia governor, Winsome Earl Sears, who referred to a transgender state senator as sir. And they put that on the Truth Social platform. And some teenager who's identifying as transgender is so offended by that and takes their life. And then the parents want to sue Trump civilly because he allowed that content on his platform. Do you think that that's okay? Probably not, right? That's the problem with getting rid of Section 230, is that you're going to weaponize these platforms and the people who you'll find at the center of these lawsuits are people like Elon Musk and Donald Trump. See, the, the, um, the other big tech companies, what they'll do is they'll censor that content all day long under the guise of, we don't want to be sued. They want to censor it anyway. And they already do in many respects. But they'll use the Section 230 immunity going away as their excuse to censor speech that might be triggering in any way, shape, or form. And if you turn around and you say, well, the answer to that then is, you can't take down anyone's speech. Well, then again, you run into the problem then of Donald Trump's truth social having to take on all kinds of speech that is doing nothing but bashing Donald Trump all day. And why should he have to? He owns it. It's his. Why should he have to entertain that kind of idiocy on his own platform? Why should Elon Musk have to take on all the uh, pro-Ukraine people if he doesn't want to? Why does, why does Elon Musk have to then, on, on his uh, truth social platform, or Twitter, I should say, X, why should he have to take on people who are there for the purpose of just saying that Tucker Carlson's a Russian bot? If Elon Musk wants to censor those people, by all means, it's his private platform. He can do whatever he wants. But if you, if you turn around and you say, well, it's one or the other, like what Ron DeSantis said, you have your cake and eat it too, then understand two things will occur. Conservative viewpoints will still be censored because they'll turn around and they'll say that these are triggering, hateful speech, blah, 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 blah. And number two, you will open up people to be able to go after guys like Elon Musk and Donald Trump all day long in civil court. And based on what we've seen in New York, don't you think that those places would be would love nothing more than to entertain massive lawsuits? against the owners of those two platforms, Elon Musk and Donald Trump, to to just bash them all day long and try to get more of their money because somebody was offended by something or triggered by something. Damn right they would. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Listen, my lawn is going to be beautiful this spring because I'm using the natural lawn care company, Natural Lawn of America, and I highly recommend you do the exact same thing. Because natural lawn is all natural, and it's a safer way for your lawn to be beautiful without all the harmful chemicals. And natural lawn is specific to your lawn. That's right. Their technicians figure out what your lawn needs without the harsh chemicals that makes it safer for your family, safer for your pets, and without the weeds. And if you act now, they will seed your lawn every year for free. That's right. Just give them a call at 1-800-FREE-SEED. 1-800-FREE-SEED. Choose the lawn care company that I use, Natural Lawn of America, for greener grass with fewer weeds guaranteed. The safer, natural way for that lush, thick lawn that you love. It'll be the envy of your neighbors. And you will love the fact that every year they'll seed your lawn for free, which is going to mean a beautiful, beautiful lawn year after year after year. Natural Lawn of America, 1-800-FREE-SEED, 1-800-FREE-SEED. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. 
Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. I just have to use this opportunity real quick to promote the uh, free Odyssey app. I'm required to do this once a day. And it's so wonderful that a friend of mine was listening and commenting to yesterday's show. Because the app is so helpful and easy to use. (laughs) I'm getting texts from my friend commenting on something I was talking about yesterday. Regarding crab cakes in Maryland. Said I talked about that yesterday. The response I got was, stupid app, I thought I was listening live. (laughs) Anyway, please download and use the free Odyssey app today. And in 10 minutes when you hear this, if you're listening on the app, you'll know why. Or maybe tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, tomorrow, right, exactly. (laughs) Maybe tomorrow. Uh, I'm so glad, you know, every time when I'm off, I'm going to be off for a couple days next week, I'm taking Patrick and uh, my dad uh, to someplace very special. And the lesser Opelka will be filling in for me, Mike Opelka. His brother, Greg, the greater Opelka, joins me right now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Greg, how are you? I'm good, Rich. I, I don't know about this uh, sibling warfare you're sowing, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, yes, Mike and I are brothers, and uh, I'm doing great. All right, well, I don't want to cause any, any uh, strife with you guys, so we'll just do a quick vote. Who on the show thinks that Michael Pelka is the Lester Opelka? Matt DeSantis? I'm raising my hand. That's an I, Henry. Oh, of course. Uh, yes, it's <laughs> unanimous. So, Greg, don't feel bad. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, don't feel okay, bad at okay. all. Your brother's lucky you even acknowledge him, in my opinion. <laughs> it's just me. Um, Greg, you wrote a piece today on the dailycaller.com. You've written a bunch of stuff for the Wall Street Journal over the years. I've always enjoyed your writing. And I was with your brother at CPAC because I couldn't get rid of him. And um, and by the way, let me just make two points about your brother. Number one, it is like having a dog. Like You know, you like a stray dog sometimes and it just kind of follows you home. Number two... He bought me a bourbon, and I'm not even joking, Greg, when I tell you, he went with the house, the rail, like the rail bourbon in the plastic bottle. I bought him Blanton's. That's the difference right there, Greg. See, no more. Yeah, well, exactly. I live in a city that has, I live in a town that has uh, stray dogs as far as the eye can see, and I had one following me last year for weeks, and I named him Biden because... Uh, I, I kept trying to get rid of him, but he wouldn't go away, and he didn't understand what I was saying. <laughs> Very nice. But I didn't realize you were his brother in all the years I've read your, your writings, uh, so I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show. Your latest piece of The Daily Caller, Fiddler on the Roof, brought to you by the Woke State Department. Uh, Rome Burns and the, state, the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, fiddles away. Let's talk about it. Sure. Uh, ask away. That's basically the gist. Yes. Um, <laughs> so this this. Well, what happened was. Go ahead. He, he, he uh, the Secretary Blinken issued a memo. I believe it was February fifth to his staff, uh, warning them of the dangers of such 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 um, such perilous words as father, mother, son, daughter, husband, wife. And how instead we should use words like spouse, child, birthing, parent, and so on. And uh, I just got to thinking, uh, also, by the way, some other um, uh, forbidden words were uh, manpower. Can't say that. You have to say uh, the labor force. And, uh, and so on and so on. So I got to thinking, you know, this doesn't really sound like that. 
the highest priority for the Secretary of State. And I, I went on the government's website and I looked up what are the duties of the Secretary of State. And that's oh, a great website. There was 14 duties on the site, first of which is to be the principal advisor to the president on foreign policy. But there's not a peep about telling people which pronouns they should use or that they shouldn't say phrases like, you guys. And so that kind of gave me the, uh, the uh, inspiration to write something to just to highlight the ridiculousness of this. Um, you know, this is what he's spending his time on when there's not exactly peace breaking out all over the world. Isn't it funny, the priorities, right? I mean, you have the, uh, the you can't say manpower, even though what the United States of America should be doing is showing the world it's manpower, literally at this moment, so that our, our enemies don't mess with us. But we're too busy about using the politically correct terms and not actually showing the manpower to the world. Correct, yes. And uh, so what I did, I just, uh, I thought, well, let's, uh, how would... Um how would Secretary Blinken's office uh, write the playbill synopsis of a musical like Fiddler on the Roof? So I took that musical, which is uh, I chose because it's so loaded with uh, uh, tradition and traditional roles. And so I just went through and, and rewrote the uh, storyline from the point of view of a, um, a Secretary of State staffer writing this. And that's basically uh, the, the bulk of the article. And people, if they haven't read it, they can go to the Daily Caller and read it. Well, it's very funny. In, um, Ana, in Anatevka, a town situated in a non-NATO member country in Eastern Europe, uh, Tevi, a milk person using the pronouns he, him, struggles to make a living. He is supported by his longtime partner, Goldie, who prefers pronouns are she, her. Together, they have five children who identify as female and like their birthing person parent go by she, her. <laughs> That's how you begin. And then, of course, uh, the, the, the song is filled with troubling propaganda based on the gender assigned roles of the papa and the mama. Um, very, very triggering indeed. It's dangerous stuff, uh, Rich. It's really dangerous stuff in that show. I mean, we got to warn people. Um, yeah, if you if you know that opening number, tradition, um, that's exactly what they sing about. Who who does this? Who does this? The papa, the papa, and who does this? Who's nurturing everyone in the home? The mama, the mama. So this is really, um, you know, it's troubling stuff. And thank God that uh, we have people like Secretary Blinken to warn us so that we don't stray and uh, get sucked in by these traditional values. The problem, though, Greg, is you're giving these people ideas. I mean, they, you know, it's funny, but it's also scary because they are literally doing this. I mean, they are rewriting songs and books and plays and movies, and we are dealing with this all the time. It's what they want. I I picked up a bottle of um, uh, medicine the other day, and in the past it had Mm -hmm. said, Pregnant women should not take this medicine. It, was, um, it wasn't Blue Chew. It was uh, Propecia. And it said, instead of, instead of saying pregnant, per, uh, pregnant women, it now says pregnant persons. And instead of the female symbol, it's now some sort of a universal symbol or something like that. But they're actually putting that on medicine bottles now. Pregnant persons should not use this medicine. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. But, you know... Truthfully, the only way, to, in my opinion, or one of the most effective ways, maybe not the only way, to fight this sort of um, ridiculous cultural um, mission that these people are on is through ridicule and satire, which is obviously what my article is. And if you, if you think of uh, the producers, you know, the, the Mel Brooks movie, and later be, which later became a musical, too, that's how he ridiculed um, the Nazis. The only way you can, or the, the best way, is to just expose how ridiculous this stuff is. And uh, so that's what I was trying to do in my small way uh, with uh, with this particular piece. And uh, But, you know, it's true. You're right. They are rewriting uh, lots of things. And you're seeing movies that where they go back and they scrub things from movies. I think, wasn't Donald Trump, wasn't there talk of scrubbing him from uh in Home Alone or there's some movie I can't remember but but even if it's not 
that one. They're um, they're doing this with many films now too, and trying to go back and change things that they find offensive, and that's just not right, you know, especially with people's writing. Greg Opelka, the famous song, of course, from Fiddler on the Roof that everybody knows is "If I Were a Rich Man." If I were a rich man, da 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 da. How would how would the uh, politically correct uh, lyric go for that? This this would be if I were a one percenter, (laughs) of course, right? (laughs) Which is uh, actually what what Tevya, and of course in the in the original he's he's a milkman, but in in my article he and the the rewrite he's a he's a milk he's a milk person or a, a dairy laborer. And um, but yeah, see, it would be if I were a one percenter, which is what he wants to be, actually. So um, he wants upward mobility, just doesn't know how to get it. Well, here's um, why I really wanted you on the show, because I, I wanted to take issue with you on that point. You called him a milk person, but I think you should call him a milk producing person, because how do you know he's not he's not able to, you know, lactate and, and breastfeed? Well, that's true. I, I don't know. I yeah. mean, maybe he maybe he can. Maybe right. I'm shortchanging Tanya. Yeah. Uh, good point. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, not everybody has a roof over their head. And, I mean, some people are are, are unhoused, Greg. So I think uh, you also have to rework that, too. That's true. Well, Tanya, part of the time they are unhoused because they wind up uh, having to leave Anatevka at the end of the show. Yeah, uh, because of pogroms, but uh, yeah, it's just also uh, absurd. And um, you know, I just found it kind of ironic that he was engaging in this while we have, oh, you know, Taiwan and China, Israel and Hamas, uh, Russia and Ukraine. It's not like he's uh, he doesn't have anything in his inbox right now. No, and it was the secretary himself. I mean, a lot of times this this kind of crap comes down from some you know, low-rate bureaucrat. But this this actually came from Blinken himself, 14 bullet points on the government website subscription. Uh, and, and uh, you know, th- this idea of, of making sure that we don't say things like y- you guys, for example. And you also bring up another mm-hmm. point, Greg Opelka, since you are a musical composer yourself and you are a lover of the theater, uh, and unlike your brother, actually talented, you also brought up a way that we could rewrite the Wizard of Oz, and how would you how would you do that? Well, yes, I, I well I I, I us, You know, you always have to um, kind of look forward at the end of these. So I thought, well, maybe he maybe his next uh, uh, playbill project could be a rewrite of uh, the synopsis of the Wizard of Oz, and I mentioned that that's um, a story about a, uh, a troubled teen who's urban ignorant, um, and she's whisked away from her rural flyover wasteland <laughs> to a strange environment in a freak climate change catastrophe. Because, you know, there's no way that house could have risen like that without, without climate change, right? That, that had to have been the root cause. True, and she was living in, so, in, in that dreaded flyover country, Magaland. I mean, really, honestly. She went from Magaland, let's be honest. Yes, and, uh, so uh, yeah, it's uh, that's their next. Uh, well, of course, uh, he could, he can go on and on. There's so many shows you could uh, rewrite the synopsis to, and um, and blink and speak if you wanted to. Um, <laughs> but it's funny. But I mean, we are watching the world right now is literally on fire. The United States is demonstrating no leadership, and what's worse is that nobody's afraid of us right now. Uh, and, and this is part of the reason why they're not afraid of us. I mean, you have the Italians are mocking Joe Biden. They're putting out the Italian TV is doing a great job of mocking Biden right now. I mean, it's a joke. And when when our enemies think about the United States Department of State spending more time on this crap, on making sure that their employees at the State Department are, are using politically correct terms like birthing person versus actually intimidating the crazy people to stay in their lane. And, and probably, Greg Opelka, they would be upset if I called them crazy people. I'm sure that that's very offensive to say that Kim Jong-un is crazy, for example. Yeah, you can't use crazy or nuts anymore. Uh, you have to use, what is it? Uh, there's, a, there's a term they use, I can't remember, but it's something like, uh, 
neurologically altered or I, I can't come up with it. But no, you can't say crazy. Are you kidding me? That's so, that's just so yesterday. No, yeah, you, you um, definitely can't say yeah. that. And, and, you know, you go, go ahead. not even necessarily intimidating our enemies, which is, of course, one thing you can do, but even trying to negotiate peace. You know, there are ways of getting out of wars without, um, you know, without, I mean, without intimidation or other tactics, but wouldn't it be nice if he were working on that instead of this? Instead of what he what, what he's spending his his time on? It's just so it, 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 it you know it's outrageous and it's comical at the same time. Which is the reaction I got from some of my friends that they said this is funny, but it's also really sad. And I said, well, that's kind of true. But I wonder, too, how much of this, Greg, do you think is to distract us from things? Like, the New York Times had a story how the CIA is secretly helping Ukraine fight Putin. And uh, the United States, you know, and our spy agencies have been working with Ukraine. And we have all these, you know, these CIA bases over there that were discovered. And this this, is a big expose by the New York Times, of all places. I mean, how much of this do you think is done to distract us from what they're really doing. You know, they figure if we spend time talking about the fact that they're telling people to use birthing person, not mother, that we're not really talking about the fact that they are (laughs) engaged in this kind of um, international propaganda that we, of course, as United States taxpayers, all have to pay for. You know, I think you give them too much credit. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's, uh, it sounds great. But the sad thing is, I think, I think what's more likely is they just re- really believe this stuff. Yeah. That on some level, you know, this is important. These cultural look, it's a it's a huge cultural uh, change that they're trying to put through, and I just don't think most Americans buy it. I think some do, but I think the vast majority of Americans see through it. See how absurd it all is. They don't. They know men can't give birth, and. Um, so, but that's what's sad about it. I, I don't think it's like this beard to cover up these nefarious things they're doing elsewhere. I think it's just how they really believe. They've been, they've been somewhere along the line, they've been brainwashed into believing that this is normal. You know, and, one of the guys on the world stage who really deserves a lot of credit for this is, is this, uh, this jackass. We, we like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind, because uh, yeah. it's more inclusive. Now, Greg Opelka, what I want to ask you about that really is, do you think Justin Trudeau will be spending spring break in Cuba this year? <laughs> I don't know. If he does, uh, I hope he knows some Spanish. But um, Do you think he would have learned but, it from his uh, dad? It's possible. Uh, I, again, of course, not suggesting it's Fidel Castro. I don't want, I'm not, I'm not implying that. Did I imply that by that question? I don't mean to imply that, Matt DeSantis. Did I imply that? I just thought you meant Pierre Trudeau spoke multiple languages. He may, he may yeah. have, Greg Opelka. You know, it's very possible, right? He may have, yes. Uh, what was the, um, uh, what was the, what was he saying again? I'm, I'm trying to, because it gave me an idea, and I, I lost my idea. What was the? Uh, oh, here I'll play. Again? I'll play it for you again. Here, here you go. We, we, we like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind, because oh, yeah. oh, yeah. it's more inclusive. Yeah, people kind. Yeah. You know, this whole this is another one of these uh, things where the word mankind somehow is taboo, right? And you get or, or you get people saying. Um, I remember there was a there was a show in Chicago uh, a year or so, a couple years ago, called Her Story, H E R S T O R Y. And it's supposed to be like a play on history, like um, as if the word history has anything to do with the possessive pronoun his. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with that. And, you know, where do you stop once you do this? Like, for example, are we going to call it menstruation instead mm. of menstruation? Are we going to call it womenopause instead of menopause? I mean, this, this it just becomes so absurd, this kind of this, these these really trivial concerns about language that don't really offend anybody. Um, and yet we waste so much time on it. We do. And, and, and that is because, of course, the left has always wanted to, throughout history, control language. And um, they're certainly doing it here. Greg, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. I, I enjoyed your Daily Caller piece. We'll post a link to it. 
because uh, I like a guy who can make something that is ludicrous fun, and uh, you've done that for us. So be well, my friend, and Thank come you. back and see us again soon. It's a pleasure, yes, and keep looking for me uh, either on the David Caller or at the Wall Street Journal. Greg Opelka. Thanks, buddy. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. I'll get into the story about how the CIA has been secretly operating in Ukraine because obviously Ukraine funding. We got another big lecture today by the establishment on that. So I will do that for you in good time. But I would be remiss if I did not remind you that you can lose some serious weight with NJ Diet, NJDiet.com. That's where you go. You'll lose 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days time contractually guaranteed with NJ Diet. You know, forget all these shots and hormones and all these other things. You know, NJ Diet works faster and you don't get all the side effects. And it's really, I mean, it's guaranteed. Guaranteed weight loss because it works with your body chemistry. That's the beautiful thing about natural lawn of, I mean, excuse me, about NJ Diet. NJ Diet is all natural and it is um, designed for you. Your body's different from somebody else's body. So why should all these things be just cookie cutter? NJ Diet's figured that out. That's why it works in 40 days time. Spring is basically here. The warm weather today, nice reminder, right? A couple weeks, we're going to be in taking off the sweaters and the jackets. You'll be looking and feeling your best. Just call them at 855-5NJ-DIET, 855-5NJ-DIET, or go to njdiet.com. You will lose the weight for good, guaranteed, 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days with NJDiet.com. There are locations close by you in King of Prussia, Newark, Delaware, Cherry Hill, or online with live online video consultations. So what are you waiting for? NJDiet.com and lose the weight for good. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 